0: Hello, this is Robin Lawton, and I'm really excited to be with you today on the Overflow podcast. Uh, my very good friend Sally Peavy could not be here today, so I'm super sad, but I have my friend Pastor Alex. Hey. And I have my friend Pastor Ryan. Hello, Robin. And we are super excited just to talk about uh, what we've got going on here. Um, one thing I will say um, by the time you hear it, our Chunker Treat, our Fall Festival is the right word to say it. Yes. Is this Sunday at 4 o'clock? Am I correct about all of that? Yes. And Yes. Um, one of the things that always get exciting this time of year is that um children bring home candy. Mm-hmm. So as we get started, my first question would be first of all, does anybody do what I call the candy tax version oh, of oh that?
1: Gosh. Absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay. So we actually can- talked
1: about this yesterday. We talked about this yesterday. It's terrible. All right.
0: So tell me, like, what's your version of candy tax?
2: Um, I get what I want. Oh, mm-hmm. No, oh so gosh. here's the thing. I know what my my boys like. And so I won't take any of their stuff, but I do take what I want. I'm an almond joy fan. I know they don't like those. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. But there is certain things that I never eat until uh, this Halloween. Season. Yeah, yeah, around the season, which is weird. Is a Crunch Bar, uh-huh. you know, or the Crackles. Yes. So I take a lot of those, and then there's always like something in there that I haven't had in a long time, so I'll steal. Wow. Them, so.
0: mm-hmm. At night when they're sleeping?
2: Oh no! Right in front of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So, <laughs> um, so candy tax almond joy. Yes. Favorite candy, just ho- um,
2: Halloween still in Still Reese's, general? yeah. But I was telling, so we did have this conversation yesterday or something about it, but I told you, I told them something that I never eat that is very popular, but I only eat it around this time, and I, it reminded me how good it was, was a Snickers. Mm-hmm. So last Halloween, I took a lot of Snickers, and I was like, these things are good. Yeah. They should put these in the stores.
0: They, they, great idea, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> we could have them in the office. Yes. No, Brooke, please don't buy them for us.
2: What about What about ones you don't like? Like Whoppers. Do you don't like Whoppers? Never love should have Whoppers, been And my favorite
0: that. is when like the Whopper is missing and it's just like, yeah. if you've ever had one, yes. they're kind of almost like a milk duck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But
2: that's not, a, that's what I'm saying. Like the worst part of the Whopper is the crunch part.
0: No. Love the Whopper. Yeah. Incredibly love malt. I kind of
1: grew up on Whoppers. That was my best really? Even favorite. when I go to
0: cookout, I will get malt. I will get a vanilla malt chocolate chip shake.
1: Well, that sounds good, except the malt part.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Alex? Favorite candy? I
1: always always giggle at this tax story because at my previous job working in cabinetry, there was a specific father who had five kids. Mm Mm-hmm. And he would always do a chocolate tax on all five kids. Mm-hmm. But his motive and heart was always behind teaching them about the government.
2: <laughs> oh, oh! Sharing <laughs> to Caesar what is yeah. Caesar's. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, bro, this is, this is too much. But, um, no, oh, my favorite candy. Uh, so I love uh, trolleys, like the, uh, can't, the... Sour candy, I like worms. The worms. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes. Ew, I don't like the worms. Yeah, really? I, I no, love, they're
0: too. There's just too much of them. Um, like I love Sour Patch watermelons. Yeah. so but, I like Sour oh, Patch can't the trolleys.
1: These are my favorite candies, guys. If anybody ever wants to, just you know, yeah. hint, mm-hmm. hint, hint, bless hint. you, bless yeah. me. Um, I love Snickers. I love Twizzlers. Oh, oh, original Twizzlers. Yeah, I can't do red red vine. Right, that's what's called. Uh, I yeah. can't do that. Sorry, I'll, so sorry. I like the ball. Um, but that's it. Yeah, those are those are my faves.
0: So, the peanut butter cup is just yes. a long standing right. life favorite. Um, I've taken to buying the smaller ones, like the ones that you can hold in your hand, like the little minier that ones. Weren't wrapped, no, they're wrapped. Okay, but I like the mini pack and I like the, Those I like the watch white chocolate in, don't like the white chocolate in the bigger ones. Yeah, the ratios huh. are off, but anyway, <laughs> best candy ever, Scientific. in case you were wondering, mm-hmm. is the Twix, and that's because that it's good. got the cookie crunch yeah. and the candy. Very satisfying, left side or right side though. Um, uh, Any of them. Okay. I will eat anything. Twix. <laughs> I also have some Oreo cookie and cream Twix, which Ooh. are quite amazing. Wow. I like my candy out of the fridge. I do too. Um, That's funny. I keep it all in the fridge. And I have like this little stash that I have. Actually, it's funny. Like, Liam came and dog sat for us for uh, a couple of days a few weeks ago. And he's like, you have the best candy stash. <laughs> <laughs> I felt yeah. so proud. Yes. Kit cats in the fridge uh-huh. or freezer. Uh-huh. Kit cats in the freezer. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites Yeah, very good. Oh, so, so, candy, candy. Um, And yes, we candy texted at our house too. Here's mm-hmm. a question for you before we move on, Ryan. Really important. There is the Almond Bring Joy it. and there is the Mounds. And one has almonds mm-hmm. and one has... so. I wish they would make the one with the almonds in the dark chocolate.
2: I don't like dark chocolate. I love okay. dark chocolate. Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's that would be my one wish. I'm it's in, too bitter. Yeah. If you're listening, I would like the one. I think it's the mounds. It's with red. dark chocolate yeah. is what I would like to have. Oh. But,
2: but yeah, I do. I mean, and Shelly likes almond joy, so we kind of fight about it. Mm-hmm. But because I'm a servant of the Lord and I serve mm-hmm. my wife, I take a bite of it before I give it to her. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. Well, I used to take
0: the kids trick or treating. We used to trick or treat like when well, it was at work. So like there was a it was an automatic like if you got an almond joy, you give it to mommy. Yeah, yeah. And I had four kids. It was amazing. So. Wow. Anyway, moving on. Um Ryan, great um sermon on Sunday. And really the um, I don't know what your personal title was. I wrote down, Am I truly saved? Yeah,
2: that was what I had. And it
0: really was this whole idea of how mm. to recognize if you've really received Christ in your life. So before we move on to sort of these things, I thought it might be fun. Tell me a little bit, like when you first got saved, did you know you were saved? Did you struggle? And like where was the point that you kind of knew that mm. um you mm. were saved mm-hmm. and assured in Christ? So Alex, you want to share?
1: Yeah, I can I can go first on this one. Um when when I was seven years old, I had had um, a cousin of mine who lived in Puerto Rico call me one night. And uh, like I said, I'm seven years old. And she says that she had a dream. And in this dream, she saw the enemy tell her that she that he wants to kill me. So she calls me. Wow. And I'm seven. I was like, like, you oh. <laughs> she's like, she's crying, like weeping. Mm-hmm. And she's just like... Um, I had this dream, and the enemy told me he wants to kill you. And da, 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 da. so, hang up, you know, my parents um, had a great opportunity to really present the gospel to me. And I was convicted, and I was like, Yes, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I'm crying. I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't ready, mom. Yeah. So, I ended up giving my life to the Lord at seven years old. Now, fast forward, you know, five, seven years where I'm like, now I'm 12, 13 um growing uh growing up in pentecostalism um i i just remember there was moments in my life where i would question am i actually saved uh-huh. you know because in that world um like i said i'm not completely against pentecostal stuff but like just a certain legalistic religious stuff that is a lot more man-made it is than it is biblical um uh, it would just have me question every time i messed up if i was actually saved uh-huh. you know um and like we talked about Last week, um, with certain um, exposures to sexual sins and stuff, you know, by the time I'm 12, 13, I've, I've already been exposed to these things. So it would just make you wonder. And so it was almost like constantly seeing myself at the altar repenting and like getting quote unquote resaved, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. because that's kind of what is taught to you in that spectrum of Christianity. So that's kind of my, my story. I don't know if y'all have a di- slightly different story, but that's kind of ha- what happened to me yeah. in this regard. That's, so, I grew up in church, too. Mm-hmm. Father was a pastor. I, I
2: was probably around um, 10, 11, or 12, too. I remember getting baptized in the Southern Baptist Church mm-hmm. in Columbia. And um, But here's the thing. I think it's funny how God works within your personality. You know, He obviously created you and knows you. And so, for me, um, at that age, I never looked back. Now, understand what I'm saying. That doesn't mean I was all in, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't fully understand. Think about it now. I didn't fully understand, but at the same time, have uh, you asked a question? Did I? How, how did you really phrase it? Like, did I ever think that I wasn't? Well, just
0: your assurance. Like, yeah, when, yeah. At mm-hmm. what point did you have assurance it's that weird. you were safe?
2: It's weird because at ten years old, assurance is probably a, a different meaning than it is now. Mm-hmm. So I never looked back. I just knew. Well, this is one that you're supposed to do because I'm sure mm-hmm. I've seen it all my yeah, life. Right. So I, this is what I'm supposed to do. Plus, I also just. I don't know. I just. I was okay, like I was like, yeah, sure, Maybe if yeah. that's what that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible, Bible says in a ten year old mind, but it was more about as I grew older through student ministry, through discipleship, and everything. Then I started to realize what it really means yeah. to become a follower of Christ. Yep. But I still pushed it away. We t- we're going to talk about this in a little bit. I still had that battle for my flesh and spirit, mm-hmm. yep. and I still didn't fully understand it. Right. Yep. And so this was all the way past college, I bet, where I still was. I went to a Bible college, but I still wanted to to chase my my um. What do you would call them? Sinful, selfish desires. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until really I personally hit rock bottom. That's a story for another day. Where I was like, it's you know, what am I doing here? Because I, you know, you st- I still had this Holy yep. Spirit within me, and I yep. knew it. And that's we talked about this too. That's how you know. I knew I was truly saved because I was so convicted. And the reason I was at rock bottom is because I knew that I was running away from God. Wow. You know, and so it wasn't until then where I really smacked myself in the head, yeah. and I was like, and it was funny. Yep. Vernon and I has talked about this. I remember sitting in uh, my dad's recliner at their house in late after college and no one in the house. And I just, it, that was when the light bulb went on. And I was like, are you going to do something with your life? Or do you want to end up like the people you hang out with? Right. Mm-hmm. And Vernon has a very similar story. Where I was, he was just going to say, it's a recliner, too. right? Yes, yeah. in the recliner. That's, that's what's funny. funny. It's like, wait a second. What? And we both worked at Lifeway. It was weird. Um, but now we work together. So, wow, that's you know, amazing. It's funny that I, I never looked back and thought, I'm not going to make it to heaven. Well, but I never fully understood it until the Lord smacked me upside the head you know, late after college and said,
1: "I think I have something for you." So, to answer your question, Robin, as far as like the assurance when that finally hit me, um, I it's gonna sound funny, but like yeah, I probably was I want to say twenty when this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like like I said, again, grew up in church, you know, and I always honor uh, utmost honor to my parents. Like they did great discipleship. Um, but in my next season in life, after you know me and my wife get married, we have our first kid, and then I start really following another man around the world, and then I get discipled a little differently, this is when like the clarity then hit, and the revelation of Jesus became greater, you mm-hmm. know? Whereas the gospel, in its simplicity was just um, it, Jesus was just presented in a totally different fashion for me which is crazy and ironic it's like, dude, you grew up in a pastor's household. Yeah, it was, like I said, amazing things. I knew I was saved, but there was still, like, doubts and questions, and I still had things that I was still dealing with in the secret, you know? Um, but until everything was fully exposed and surrendered, and that was, like, part of my testimony, too, is, like, when I got married with Liz, everything was exposed. Like, the only thing that I was hiding was the fact that her and I were not married yet. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and once that got exposed and, um, I just kind of went through a season, me and my wife went through a season of just restoration reconciliation with the Lord. And then I start hanging out with another guy that would end up discipling me. What I would say like truly, I'm not trying to dishonor anybody else. is right. just like, just more in depth. And now like you're, you're ready because you're broken. You hit rock bottom. Those are the sweetest moments to be discipled is when you're broken enough to now receive, you know, mm-hmm. um, the revelation of Jesus. So that's kind of what happened to me. You know it's funny? So
2: going, I had a couple of things. I like this question. It's making me think. So the assurance part, like you said, no, I never thought, oh, I'm not truly saved because to be honest with you, I didn't fully understand what it meant to be saved. But at the same time, at 10 years old, I do feel the Holy Spirit came within me because mm. even past that in middle school, yep. student ministry groups, singing songs, the way I knew that I had a different, Presence, yep. because again, Holy Spirit, no concept at twelve years old, was just singing worship songs. There was just this feeling, this emotion that I've never experienced, and it was yep. a drawing me to Him. Wow! Again, looking back, I can say this. I couldn't say this mm-hmm. in the moment, but it, then I could see it all the way through. Yep. I remember um, my call when I felt called to ministry again. Didn't know what this was, but I was at a student camp, and um, our student pastor time a dude named Trip Abkinson, and he's at Church of the Mill in Greenville. Wow! Um, but he took us to this place, and uh, I remember being hit with like a ton of bricks. Cause I was still sinful punk in high school, but I just remember seeing people worship, students worship. And I took <laughs> this is weird. It took everything within me to not run up on stage and just be like, are we seeing what's happening here? <laughs> you know, as a as a teenager. And so I remember going wow. outside and just weeping. Wow. I've never felt that emotion through worship before. And wow. that's when I truly feel that God called me into ministry and Tripp yeah. kind of discipled me through that. And he's like, are you sure about this? <laughs> you realize mm-hmm. what this means, right? So it was really cool. And then, wow. again, still fought it. And all through college, though. Another thing is like what got me into, I don't know if it's a depression, mm-hmm. but a state of just sorrow was seeing how at a Bible college, everyone was so in love with the Lord. And to me, looked like they were fighting their death selfish desires and chasing after the Lord. But I felt like I couldn't do that. Mm. I just kept falling into the trap of the normal college life. And I was like, man, that hurt more than actually sin to me because I was like, why can't I be what I know I should be? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the Lord kept working in me and through my sin purified me and opened my eyes to what you just said. Give me a revelation of who Jesus was. And that's what happened on that. But I love both
0: of your stories, actually, and like for everyone listening, for parents, for all of that, I think especially growing up with a faith that was handed to you, Mm -hmm. and I believe that your first acceptance of that was authentic, Mm -hmm. but I think there comes to a place where it doesn't matter what, if you've grown up in a Christian home, if you've you know, discipled your children, they have to get a place where they have to make it fully their own. And Mm -hmm. that to me is both, both your stories are clearly that God was basically like, this is not your parents' faith anymore. Mm -hmm. Are -hmm. you willing to pick it up and walk with it? So I think you have to have that ability to walk away a little bit, the freedom to walk away in order to come back in your own choice. So I think that that's, I think that happens with pretty much everyone. That's
2: a, that's a hard con. It's a, it's a, I think it's correct. But it's a hard concept to tell that to the church because it seems so opposite of what we read through scripture. But it was in my disobedience and sin that God rescued me, right? You know, so people have different stories, right? Some people might not have to do that and wandered to, to find it, but I know where I was, and it sounds like mm-hmm. it was kind of close to you as well. But I think it's right. I mean, and we, it, when I was in student ministry a long time, and a lot of parents came with me with the same thing. And I'm like, listen, you have built a good foundation or, or the Lord through you has built a good foundation. It's okay, you know, just give it some time and yeah. let's see the Lord work within their lives. And not every time I get that, That's it's not cookie cutter. Hmm. But a lot of times- But free
0: will has to exist. Free will Even has we have to, to give our yes. children the- The free will, like we, we must. You can. One of the things we've done in our classes is good goals and bad goals. A good goal is an accomplish a goal that you can accomplish by yourself. So you can equip your children with everything necessary to choose Christ when the time comes. Yes. A bad goal is that you will save all of your children. You you can't do it. Nope, All you no. can do is equip. So that's a natural part of the process. Um, my story is kind of, uh, my parents attended a Lutheran church and it was, um, my mother was Italian. We did that. And then you ate Italian food on Sunday mm. at Nanny's Amen. house. That's what you did. Yeah. Um, and if you go. didn't go to church and get food, like it was, <laughs> it was an amazing thing. Um, and then when I was seven, they moved over to what we might call more of a Christian church. My parents got saved and it was the classic question like, where do you want to go when you die? Mm. Um, I had a lot, a lot, a lot of crazy fear as a child, and the idea that I was going to hell was very frightening. Wow. So I received Jesus at the very first opportunity that existed for that. How
1: old are you? Um,
0: I was seven. seven. VBS? Uh, n- regular church, regular yeah. Sunday school, and, um, and I knew this prayer as a child. Uh, now I lay me down to sleep. I Mm pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray, dear Lord, my soul to take. And I had this crazy fear that if I did not pray that and I died in the night, that I would not be saved. So it was a constant. So it wasn't that I didn't understand. It was sort of this thing that if I had unconfessed sin, Mm -hmm. that that would hold me back. But that's
2: also a sweet thing that the Lord deposited within you because it's the beginning of the... I, repentance. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so... Mom. Well, and the
0: fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you it's know, okay wisdom, if you yes. just don't want to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, right, right. So, Let Him work within you.
2: Yeah, you yeah. yeah. so that's... So there's so,
1: a, yeah, there's a purity to that, but then there's the theology of the tail end of that piece where it's the just understanding like the Lord has deposited that heart of repentance, that heart of fear in the Lord. At the end of the day, though, the theology is... Okay, perhaps you didn't repent. You are saved. You didn't repent. You know, it's, and then you die, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, He has redeemed that. Yes. Yeah. But and I did grow
0: up in a in a yeah. Pentecostal church, so it was very much about backsliding mm-hmm. and and I would say because I was so afraid, I. Stood at Jesus' feet my whole life. Wow. The greatest struggle of my life, and, and it's, I'm, it's I'm gonna though. say this a little bit, um, is that when you are young, and it kind of connects to your stories a little bit in dating, mm-hmm. dating is very tricky, right? Yeah. Like because and we made wise choices, but mm-hmm. we also made some unwise choices. I will not go into full detail of what all of those choices yeah, were. No <laughs> but I will say that the hardest thing was that that kind of leads you into that um confess. Repent, confess, repent, Mm -hmm. you know, and so true stability came Mm -hmm. at age twenty-one when I got married, Um, and all all (laughs) of that kind of cray cray went out of the way. And because you know, when you're feeling like you're harboring, and I think that connects so much to Ryan with what you're talking all about this with sin is when you're still dealing with sin and you um and you don't have full control of it. It's very hard to face God when you know you're probably going to just go ahead and commit that sin again. I think that's the hardest heart. Yeah. And even if you, you say you want to do what God wants you to do, but you don't really want to give up your sin. Um, mm-hmm. because, yep. so I think that, so for me, stability, true stability came when, um, all oh. of that was righted, yeah. uh, within that situation. You know what I just
2: thought about when, so you, when you said almost like out of fear, you stayed at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's like that. exact. I rem- Judah did this the other day. You'll see it all the time. Like we go meet a family or stranger that he doesn't recognize. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you probably know this. What do your, your kid just hangs onto your leg, yep. even kind of hides behind your leg and pokes his head out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. There is a purity to what you said, but it's, it's then Lord enlightening you and your walk mm-hmm. of no child at one time. All you, you gave me, you gave me your heart. Now let me work within you mm-hmm. uh, to purify you. I think that's just a beautiful picture of we stay at the feet of Jesus and he'll protect us. And you'll might tilt your head out a little bit, to see what's going on. And then as you grow, You'll step out a little bit, then you mm-hmm. start going to hang out with your friends a little bit, then you can start talking to adults a little bit. It's it's the same in your spiritual walk. Yeah. I want to say this real quick because uh please do. You pointed out, um, I just thought about this. In in my walk, when I strayed away from the Lord, it is true. It's like it's hard to go to him because one, you you feel shame. That's the consequences mm-hmm. of sin. So it's hard to to give it to him, but also you know. I'm probably going to fall into this again. So, you know, but I remember every time I did something stupid, there would be my mom or my dad that would welcome me back. Hmm. Now tell me, hey, this is not good. Like shape mm-hmm. up But at the same time. The, it, they were the example I wrote down of love and of grace where they helped me understand you can't do that. You know, honestly, you're going to ruin your life. Like, you know, it was that extreme at some points.
0: Just like God. God's parameters exactly. are to protect your yes, life. Exactly. Sure.
2: But, the way they, when I thought in my head, I'm just jacked up, I'm messed up, I'm so dirty. They would love me and, and care for me, even oh. when I sinned against them or did something against my parents, it was still love and grace. So it really pointed me to the picture of Jesus and all of that, now I look at it, wow. really showed me the example of our loving Father from our earthly parents. So, And it hit me when you just said, the, um, when your ch- children go, mm-hmm. let them go, and as much as you can bring them back in grace and in love Mm -hmm, and show them mm -hmm. who your loving Father is through you. It's a big point. 100%.
0: 100%. Uh, so I had this thought, and we're on the podcast, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and um, hopefully I'm not walking in a place I shouldn't walk. But one of the things that is always— because, Ryan, we spend a lot of time in this series talking about just sexual sin mm-hmm. in general, right? Yeah. And here's the thing about sexual sin that I think is somewhat different than other sin. And the underneath of sexual sin is always driven by lust mm-hmm. and the flesh. Like, we know that. However— a lot of sexual sin also masks itself as coming out of a place of love.
2: Hmm.
0: I think about that, like even just even young people who are in relationship. Hmm. A lot of sin is like outright hurtful. Like I'm hurting, mm-hmm. I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that. But a lot of time for young people. What they believe to be love, and maybe there is some true love there, yeah. the expression of that in a physical way. And I think that's one of those things that makes sexual sin in all areas especially hard is a lot of time the motivation is a connectedness and relationship with someone as opposed to mm-hmm. trying to hurt someone. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. That's
2: that's a thoughts great about point. that one? Oof. It's uh now that you said that, I can see it because it is masked in a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's masked
1: in God's ordinance of wanting relationship, wanting community, wanting touch, wanting, you know, like human beings. Like if you're in love with human beings, we love to just say hi and hug and conversate. And as an individual, when you meet a person that could possibly possibly be your other spouse, you know, regardless of like of uh because you know we're talking about all sexual sins like even if it is a homosexual yeah, any. like same sex thing like you just want to have a connection and this is where that why it's so dangerous and so sometimes grave even though we know like in black and white certain mm-hmm. things and so no it's a it's a very very good point just because that's what we want we desire to be held and to be loved yes. and well,
0: even the idea of the, you know, I mean, God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful yeah, and multiply. Right. So he has put that in us to yep. want that. And it's-
2: that's what I was going to say. So if you think, and I I think you are kind of going down this road. So if you think of all the other, most of them, I'm not going to say all, all the other sins. I don't know why this came to my head, but let's even say doing drugs. Right. God did not put that desire within you. Mm-hmm. He did put sexual intimacy mm-hmm. within you. The lust part uh when you when you mention lust that is also created out of the sinful nature so the lust part of god didn't put in you but he did put that desire for intimacy that because that that is in his plan to unite Whoa. man and woman right so yes it is because wow. god created us this way we have that natural desire to do it the problem is with our sinful nature we have turned it and made it about us and not about him therefore it falls into the trap of sin so we have to in our minds when you when you're saying it's out of love or out of a good thing, we have to, in our minds, remember, if we truly are believers in Christ and His plan is better than our plan, even in that moment, we can't have the sexual desire that we have turned to our benefit. Sex is for Him and His glory and how He created it to be. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. His ways are
0: still better, but I just find it to be very interesting. I always joke, you know, I mean, Ed and I were good Christian kids, (laughs) but… You can always tell what people's lives are like when they mm-hmm. set the engagement. They're like, we're getting engaged in four months. We're getting engaged. We're getting married in four months. Yeah. We're getting engaged and we're getting married in two years. You go, oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's different. Uh, oh, yeah. It is, yeah. It, yeah. Uh, you
0: know what I mean? Because, oh, yeah. that, that is a because it is. there was a time when it was yep. to be only fulfilled. In, in our culture right now, um, I think, Alex, you may have even spoken about this on the podcast, the idea that somehow we need to try things out to mm-hmm. make sure we're compatible ahead yep. of time. That's much more acceptable in our culture. But there yeah. was a time when when you wanted to get married yep. uh th- this kind of a funny story uh, my parents actually my their anniversary was uh July 31st, wow. but they actually got married on July 3rd because they were taking men. They were drafting unmarried men into the war Oof. and my father didn't want to go. And they we'll decided that, that yeah. they, so they got engaged at high school prom. Wow. They were getting wow. married in the church on the 31st, but they went down. The pastor married them in the office on July 3rd. <laughs> and then my That's mother amazing. was dragged back home with her parents. They were actually married for the entire wow. month of July before they were actually, oh, so no. no one knew we didn't. I mean, I only think, Found out maybe ten or twelve years ago. So I'm sorry,
2: that's good thinking, right? Funny,
0: funny story, right there, right? Yeah, it is
2: funny. What? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know what's interesting? So uh, just on the topic of sexual morality, we never really said in planning this series that that's where we wanted to focus. Mm -hmm. But it just it is what it is. You know, that's Mm -hmm. the way Holy Spirit led this. But I even thought about this last night doing the marriage class thing. I'm like, why are we so Ingrained or focused on this sexual morality piece of that. And I just wonder if God's trying to release he our is. church of that. He mm-hmm. is. And he is without telling us, telling us, speak out, speak this now. out. Because that's one of those hidden sins. Yeah. Not necessarily hidden, but it's one yeah, of those sins that we don't like to speak about. One on. of the
1: quote unquote like secretive, hidden, kept in the yeah. dark sin, and people keep quiet about it and they act like, oh, we're all good. Nothing's wrong here. But the enemy wants to keep it hidden in the darkness, you know, and like keep you bounded. And then when you're bounded, you give the enemy an open door to continue to wreak havoc in your life and in Mm -hmm. your spouse's life and your kid's life because you haven't confessed, you haven't repented. And you're trying to repent in the secret, but like you got to have accountability. You got to be able to be open with your family members and with your spouse and with your pastors and leaders. Like, And so the fact that this is what's happening in our church through this series, like I said, the, the end goal wasn't always talk about sexual immorality. But it's what the Holy Spirit has been just kind of yeah. really digging in our church, and so again, this is not a condemnation series. This is um, if you catch the wave of what the Holy Spirit's doing within our church, let's let's get breakthrough. You know, well, and if we're pure, talking about sex, if we're pure that way,
2: then we can be pure in worship with mm-hmm. intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. So you got to wonder: is He really calling out our whole church? purifying purifying our whole church mm-hmm. through sexual intimacy so that we can experience true intimacy and worship with yeah.
0: him amen well and i think if if you look throughout the word of god it, it's very very clear that sexual immorality is it's everywhere it's, it's, it's one of the highest things yeah. that he speaks about over yeah. and over again and it has always existed it it, it has yeah. and it's and it's a sin against your own body right. so yeah. there's a penalty that comes with sexual immorality of all forms that doesn't exist in other places. You know, even one of the, um, I had read this in a book somewhere, is that part of the reason that there's so much divorce is that the truth is God's God's marriage is when two people come together in oneness. That is literally Mm -hmm. what marriage is. It's not a ceremony where you stand up in front of people. It is literally one fleshness. And because so many people have had so many one flesh experiences, they can't be satisfied in the one they're in because they're still longing for those first well, me- we
2: mentioned that I think it was you last did. week. The, mm-hmm. the percentage of divorce goes up the more partners you have before marriage, mm-hmm. and there's, and that's because of that. Mm-hmm. You, you're attached to the first person.
0: Well, you're and, one flesh.
2: Yes, and you know, again, you keep giving out one flesh, one flesh, one flesh. Well, eventually, you have nothing else to give out. There's no emotional, mm-hmm. physical connection anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I will say this: as we, I don't know if we're ending this up, but I think it's just important to say here that if you are battling this, if you're struggling in sexual morality, you do have a place here. You have people here that want to. Help you and yeah. love you without judging. So we would encourage you uh, to act, yeah. to talk to somebody. It might be awkward, but it's yeah. well worth getting it out and purifying. it. The other your thing,
1: soul. like I think we as well said it last week, but hearing those statistics, hearing, um, hearing what you just said about one flesh, one flesh, one flesh, it is all redeemable by the blood. Yes. Yeah. So um, we but want you got to talk about it. Yeah, well, you got to. We just we really do want to present truth to people and hope. Because I've seen even the darkest of people who have had a ton, a ton, a ton of partners, but because the Lord has redeemed him, you would see like there's life, you know? And so, yes, it's, there's consequences, but his blood is better, you know? So, hundred percent. And don't
2: let the enemy tell you that if you do speak out that, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to think this of me or are they're not going to... Like me anymore? No, that's the enemy lying to you. This is this is how you grow closer with mm-hmm. your brothers and sisters too. You share, you confess, mm-hmm. and allow each other to pour into you. So, well, the enemy's power okay. is in the dark, Ooh. and
0: uh, and when it gets exposed to the light. That's when that's God's power comes. So that's the thing. It. You got to get that thing out of you the know. closet and you got to let God's light just shine upon us yes. you know. 100%. Ryan, this is so connected. So you um, this week spent this conversation about am I truly saved? And really what you were expressing to us is the difference between what life in the flesh, life in Adam, and unsaved life looks like, and life right. in the spirit, life in Christ. So
2: Yeah, so that was really the whole idea. And remember this all came, if you are here on Sunday, you know that we looked at Ephesians 5. Five, two weeks ago, and it just didn't sit right uh, with me. But I think the rest of us, where we can't just put a verse like that that says you do not in- inherit the kingdom of God without at least explaining what that really looked like. So we kind of broke that down briefly. But my whole goal in this was to say, how do you know you're truly saved? Well, it's because you can measure. It's it's, it's complicated, but it's really not. The Bible is very clear. Here's a life of the flesh. Here's a life of the spirit. So you can kind of measure based off of the way you live. Before, we couldn't live through the Spirit because we didn't have the Spirit, so our life was lived in the flesh. Now that you have the Spirit of God within you, you should see <clears throat> transformation. Not every little thing is going to stop on the flesh side. Not every little thing is immediately going to come on the Spirit side. But you should see progress in your life to stop doing the flesh and to, to start living through the Spirit. Right. So that's kind of our goal in that.
1: <laughs> today, yes. What? <laughs> uh, just, my mind just goes into like, deep revelation of like, You know, Old Testament, the Spirit came upon Moses, the Spirit came upon, you know, these prophets, and it would come upon and leave, come upon and leave. And then with Jesus being the anointed one, the Christ, the Spirit came upon, Mm -hmm. and when he resurrected and the Holy Spirit came in Acts, it stayed. Mm -hmm. Like, this is powerful, powerful stuff, guys. Like, So I just went into this, like, mind-blowing, like, oh my gosh, you know. Um. So, either way, sorry. Um, I heard this revelation on Saturday, where it was uh, the story about Noah and the dove. It would go and come back, go and come back until it found an olive branch and came back, and an olive ra- branch representing the Anointed One. Mm-hmm. It's oil, you know, representing Jesus. And then the ark had a side window representing the piercing of Jesus' side. No. Yeah, like this is like, you know, you talk, you know, this was a, um, what would we call it? A um, metaphor. A metaphor yeah. of like the coming of right. Christ, a prophecy. I've never heard that one. Oh, bro, I'm telling you. Ask Liam about it. His face was like, ah! well, well okay. and
0: the olive branch uh, represents peace. Peace? Too, yeah. The peace that came. So
1: Think And the above. olive branch is the only
2: one that you can plant and it grow, right? Like you can cut off an olive branch and put it in the soil and it should grow. Isn't that true?
1: I have no idea. Though. I hope
0: that it is.
2: You're
1: <laughs> you no asking idea. someone with two very brown thumbs. We're not botanists. <laughs> oh, no. uh, bro. I'm the worst for that. No. So. So
0: I only keep things alive <laughs> but, yeah. that can tell oh, me when they're sorry. hungry and thirsty.
1: If so, that's not true, sorry. But think about that, though. Let that one sink in. Yeah, that, that's the story I've of never Noah. Of yeah. The ark had one window on the side, you know, and the rest would come, the rest, the dove would come, and it couldn't find anything until it returned with an olive branch representing Christ with the anointed one, peace. And it finally rested, you know, as a prophecy. That's amazing. No, that's amazing. Yeah, the whole Bible, the whole Bible is about Jesus. All right, sorry, I didn't want to. No, that's great, man. I want to go, but because Robin, you,
2: I don't know if you know this, but you have really good insights on Adam, Eve, beginning, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know if the Lord just put that in you, but I think it's very fascinating. So, when we talked about how do you know if you're truly saved, I wanted to start back at the beginning and first say why do we need to be born again. Mm-hmm. In John 3, 3, Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then I kind of went into the whole Romans five twelve that sin entered the world through one man, that is Adam. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts that you want to talk about that whole idea of how we've inherited sin through Adam?
0: Yeah. Well, so here's a couple of things that are really important. First of all, we are made in God's image. God is spirit and we are primarily spirit. Mm-hmm. So the world looks at you from the outside in to determine who you are, but God looks at you from the inside out. And that's why when um, when you've been crucified with Christ, you no longer live, but he resurrects you by Christ mm-hmm. and wow. gives you new life. And so in your spirit, you're united to Christ, and that's why you're immediately acceptable before God, 100% acceptable, because Jesus fulfilled the law. Mm-hmm. And so now you get credit for fulfilling the law, and that's why sin is no longer an issue between you and God. So that's how you become Mm. a new creation. So you either are in Adam. um, So here's another thing that I love to say is that the reason the virgin birth was so important is your identity is determined by your father. So we all come literally from Adam, and that's why we are born into sin. Mm. Jesus had God as his father, and that's why he was not born into sin like every other human. And then, of course, he lived a sinless life life. So when we become Followers of Christ, we literally come out of Adam and every heritage. The wow. death that he was, the master that he had, who was Satan, who Yep-hmm. was our master afterwards. All of that changes, and we come completely new people. And not only are we new, not only does the Spirit live in us, wow. not only are we completely acceptable to God, but our heritage changes because just like um, in some of the verses where it says we were chosen in yeah. Christ before the foundation of the world, it's like you're literally. So when it says Full adoption to sonship. Like that's who we are. And that's why our biggest problem, like Ryan, you really spent so much time talking about life in the flesh and life in the spirit. If you don't realize how different you are, what it means to be a new creation, you will continue to live like your old man and feel Mm. powerless. That's why, like Alex, what you were saying about the spirit coming and staying, like that's monumental. This is is everything. But you have to get it Mm -hmm. because. Everything we receive now, we receive by faith. So you will only believe you have what you believe you have. Does that make sense? Yes. So in order to move forward, you have to believe you have more.
2: And that's what's so important about being um, confident in your salvation. Hundred percent. I, I was. We were talking just in between services or after service. I was like, man, I. We all thought it was important because if we truly want to be a healthy church, then the first thing we need to do is be confident in our salvation. And just because we fall into a sin does not take away the grace that God has extended you. Right. Right. Just continue to move forward through repentance and confession, but move forward. Right. That's that yeah. conviction. If you repent, that's because you've been convicted of a sin. That's proof itself Whoa. of the Holy Spirit within you, <laughs> being born again. Yeah.
1: It's true. It's true brokenness, but always pursuing holiness. Like not. Not being a broken person, but continuing to be broken in a sinful way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh yeah, I always think about it that way. This is is why the simple solution to everything, to everybody's issues, is being born again. It's like if you think you're born a certain way, well, that's why Jesus said you have to be born again. Mm -hmm.
0: Right, right. We're all, because we're born separated from God, every one of us feels like there's something wrong with Mm -hmm. us and it doesn't matter what that feeling is it can be an inadequacy it can be like maybe your family is prone to an alcohol problem and so you're more likely to become an alcoholic all those things that we feel we're born this way are because we're born with a sin nature and every one of us has some they look different for each person but it's all a lie of the sin nature that can be transformed when the holy spirit comes
2: in i love how you said it too and um we we mentioned this Sunday, but you, you can't be a little saved, you know? I love that example. And you said it's a complete new birth, new heart, new mind, and I, I love how you said and a new call to life. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a big wow. part of this too. I wow, mean then wow, wow. what blew my mind and I don't remember if I said this either, but Ezekiel Understood the principle of a new spirit without understanding the Holy Spirit. Well, I say that. I don't know if you did or not, mm-hmm. but it just seems like because of the Old Testament. And he says in, in 26, 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, remove your heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. So even Ezekiel at some way understood the new birth concept mm-hmm. uh, through the Old Testament. I mean, yeah. I think that's amazing. That's that's how you know too the Holy Spirit
1: <laughs> how was the real. influence of the Bible. How mm-hmm. real he was yeah. speaking. the prophets and that's just amazing to me um i don't know if this is like somewhat random robin but like as we're talking about adoption to sonship and i just keep going through ephesians 1 and um if you go down it says through jesus christ in accordance with his pleasure and Mm -hmm. will i this word pleasure just hit me because there's a distortion in in our in our mind if you live in modern day, you know, speaking to everybody, where this word pleasure for a lot of us goes into not a pure word of what pleasure means, mm-hmm. yet God is pleasure. We're made in his image, like God, the creator of pleasure. This is not just a sexual thing. This is a pleasure of friendship, a pleasure to be in somebody's presence, a pleasure to, of gratification, of love and relationship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just went to this place while I was talking and I'm just like... If we can purify our hearts to understand that, like this whole sexual immorality, pleasure is a lot more than just sexual things. Like, right? You, you know what I'm saying? And that's, I'm not trying to be random here, but my mind just went. You know, well, I think I'm pulling a Ryan right now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <I'm over laughs> reading, where are we and, going? Yeah, yeah. But it just, yeah. If we can just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, can you clean, cleanse us from certain things that perhaps, um, like, certain words that we always think one thing, but it's a lot bigger than that one thing. Right. You know. Right. Um, so. Well, and yeah. I think,
0: you know, the thing about sin and this is where it just gets really important. God doesn't want you to be holy. So if you be, look at my little holy army. Yeah. He wants you to be holy because everything that is unholy, all of those sin practices, there's always a price. Wow. And I think Ryan, that's, that's kind of what we talked about, even about t- all these things of telling the truth, leaving people in their sin or just letting everybody have their own truth is is going to harm them.
1: Yes. Well...
0: And, and so Sally always says, you know, the cre- go to the creator about how we were made to yep. be and that his ways are better. So even if mm. you're struggling with a sin, Alex, or a pleasure, that yep. something you're seeing is pleasure that is distorted, if you follow the sin all the way down the path, there's a lie at the end. Wow. It's ruining your life. It's ruining your family. It's ruining your marriage. It's making your genes not fit. It's making you late <laughs> for work. Bro. Like you yeah. can follow it all the way down the path. Wow, and it's a price, and he wants you. He, he, if you have children, think about how much Mm. good you want for them.
2: Yes, like
0: that's what he, kind of even the whole pleasure in his will. Like I asked this question: like, why did God make people?
2: Mm.
0: Why did he spend five days creating an earth to bring people Mm. in his image? Because God is love, and he wanted to share that with us.
2: Yes, he wanted you to experience. If you're
0: a parent and you're in a healthy parent. Why do you have children? Because you have love that you want to share with more people. And that's, we've got to get to this point where we don't see God as like, why does he never let me have any fun? Mm. As opposed to, he loved me so much that he wanted relationship with me. That's the pleasure. And his parameters Mm. are because he loves us and wants us to have the best. Yep. That he had to offer
2: us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said mm. this too in sermon playing. I didn't say it on Sunday, but sin equals death, but it also equals pain. Did you remember saying this? I know sometimes you're like, I don't even know what I say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that does sound yeah. like me. Yeah. Sometimes people uh, go, Robin, they get up there and they go, bro. and this thing Robin said, and I always brace myself <laughs> and I go, oh my gosh, oh what gosh, did oh I gosh, say? Oh gosh, and gosh. sometimes <laughs> they say things and I go, I don't think I said it's that. Like, wow, <laughs> that's
2: good. Wow. Uh, sin equals death, but it also equals pain. And so Jesus was sent to take away that pain. And I'm just reading what you said. All of these sins that we commit cause pain, not just for you. So Jesus came to give you a life and give you life abundantly. Well, mm-hmm. Yes, that sin leads you to devastation, not just for you, but like Alex mentioned this, your family, your kids, your friends. That's where sin leads. So Jesus came to take that away so that you can experience what true life well, what true life really is. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. Oh, and you said this too, which I was really good that you know, and you kind of mentioned it, that God is not up there looking down in anger. It's like, I can't believe you did that again. The same mm-hmm. way I'm not with looking like that way with Levi when he talks back or does something like that. No, I'm like, son, yeah. what are you doing? Like, yeah. let's get this right. If you can just be obedient, no.
1: this is going to help you.
2: You yeah. know, it's that's exactly how Jesus a, says this us. is a beautiful
1: picture. Just kind of wrapping everything too, about how, how do you know you are saved? And there was this thing that happened this morning in the quintana household where um you know it's my son's birthday today he is excited shout out to and yours. one of the things that we traditionally do in the quintana household for every birth for everybody's birthday is we decorate downstairs and so we're upstairs he's excited he wants to go downstairs and i think he went downstairs before everybody else mm-hmm. which is a <laughs> no no we go down as a family you know and so my wife Uh, I forget how she found out. I don't know if Noah snitched or if Chase snitched on himself by accident, but she questioned him, and then here comes the little quote-unquote white lie, where he's like, I didn't go downstairs. And so my wife and her salvation had a couple um, decisions to make. Do I react to this situation? Mm -hmm. Do I get upset? Do I make him feel bad and guilty about lying to me? Or through love, can I in a loving way, let him know that, hey, I love you. I'm not going to like punish you. I'd want you to be honest with me so that he doesn't come from a scared place of like, I can't be open because I'm going to be punished. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that, you know, even unfold this morning was really beautiful. I'm just, you know, being a dad looking, you know, how my wife Liz is handling the situation. I'm like, I'm in love with her, you know, and Mm -hmm. seeing how Jace is responding and finally is fessing up to the Mm -hmm. truth, you know? And so, Again, these are the the affections of a mother to a son. This you know, like and it, it, it's you know, salvation is everything. It's not just the one way your your relationship with the Lord is how you treat people, how you treat your own kids and your family. And so you saw my wife's affections to to Jace. You saw her um, self control of not reacting and being angry and da, da, da. you know. And like I said, there's moments where it's okay to be angry. Like it, mm-hmm. we right. we've all been there. Like. I've done things that were dumb and I saw my mom get angry and she had every right to be angry at me. Mm-hmm. So, like, ang- anger is not a sin. You know? Um, but then, just seeing all that unfold, like, these are the things that we want people to strive for is how to respond and how to really, like, see the fruit of our salvation in our lives and everything that we do. Literally everything. This is the first thing in the morning. And if you know anything about me in the first thing in the morning, um, I, need a sh- I need to take a bath. Like, because I'm like a different person as soon as I wake up. I'm mm-hmm. not nice it's like <laughs> let me let me shower and I come out you'll see old good old boy alex you know let's go you know? get you with the water oh it, he does you man <laughs>
2: the no you, that's a good point so anger anger is a sin but it's righteous anger mm-hmm. and righteous anger has a purpose to it it's it's for correction right Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. and uh we even see that's why jesus flipping the tables in <clears> righteous <throat> anger because he had a point to make I, I have to make a scene here yeah 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 and, uh, i just obviously paraphrasing an opinion, had to make a scene here so that people understand the seriousness of what is happening here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like the righteous yeah. anger is a good thing when you use it would you for say, correction. Would
1: you say anger and angry are the same thing? Like, like they, I, this is, This is kind of dumb because I'm no, like... No, I don't think it is. But well, I'll say like, this. Because I'm thinking there are levels and I'm not a psychologist here but I know there's levels of like when something bad happens in your life or there is a reaction into your life and you have these levels of, uh, you know, you're sad and then you get whatever. And now you're angry about the situation. Like these things are, are natural emotions, Mm -hmm. you know? And so seeing Jesus flip tables in one aspect in the Bible, he didn't sin obviously, but um, I'm not justifying anger for everybody, but in a sense, like anger is a natural emotion, that sometimes I feel like it's not necessarily a sin until it becomes something that you you kind of cross a certain line. And so what is that threshold that it then becomes a sin?
2: Yeah, I couldn't answer that, but I do know mm-hmm. that the Bible defines it as outbursts of anger.
1: Yeah, so the outburst is like, um, would you all say it is now your flesh has taken over? Yes, 100%.
0: So, I, so when you say that, I anger is an emotion that you can have. Mm-hmm. Angry, I am angry, is an identity.
1: Ooh, Ooh, boy. Let's go. So
0: um, so I think when you've taken it on as an identity, I think as Christ followers, emotions come, emotions go. But from the word, as mm-hmm. are new creations in Christ, yeah. we're clearly so, not.
1: In other words, what you're saying is you are that identity. You are idolizing something and making that your idol. And in, mm-hmm. in place of the Holy Spirit, in place of God, mm-hmm. and when you do that, that's when you then sin. That's the outburst. That's the you
2: have no control. You have no control. You, lo- you lose your control because it always goes to the emotion yes. of anger, and you can't stop
1: it. Yeah, and this is why, like context, is so healthy in yes. the Bible when you are reading and trying to understand and portray. Like, hey, what was why was Jesus upset? And that's why Ryan said this was a righteous anger because there was things happening in this uh, market that was so wrong. And Jesus was co- going to correct this thing, well, they were, So, is it defiling? Is that the right word? De- yeah, defiling it, the, the, the temple. Sure. Yeah, but- the temple. So he was he was protecting the the holy place of God yeah. you know what and I'm saying and people have become too familiar and now they're selling things and all, right. but even
0: know. when you follow Jesus' greatest frustrations they are always at people who claim to be righteous and know righteous well, and we're leading other people in, to what they believe to be righteousness righteous, yeah. so he is always very gentle with those who don't know and understand he seems mm. to get more frustrated you know I always say the, pro- the story of the prodigal son well, there's two brothers not, yeah. there like it's the brother who thinks he's doing the right thing that it just seems well, to be more frustrating well, yeah. Than the one who didn't know yeah. what they were doing. These are nu- these
1: are nuggets of wisdom, by the way, because um, the 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 how would you say the call to want to teach or the call to want to disciple people comes at a price. You know, this is a very biblical thing where the Lord says ah, you will be judged double. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and I'm so <laughs> oh, we're we're aware. You know, as people who do disciple people mm. who do communicate the gospel, um, this is why that you see it in Jesus's human life. How he is, re, you know, like responding to these Pharisees or to these people in authority with um, scriptures, and he's like, "This is wrong, you know. Um, you guys cannot manipulate, you know." So, this is a uh, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, I, I want to go back because I don't think uh,
2: what you said needs to be said again. Context of the Bible is important, mm-hmm. so we could read this as outbursts of anger. So, anytime I get mad, I sin. No. That's not the context which is written. That's for any passage, mm-hmm. but context is so key. So you can't just look at one verse or word and, and take it as it's written. You got to look before, yep. uh, after. That's why commentaries are so good. They help you have an understanding. That's why I obviously pray through the Holy Spirit wow. to give you uh, the original intent for that passage. And that's what was so important about Ephesians five five. Right? We could read that and say, well, I guess we're out. But no, yeah. that's not the context mm-hmm. of that passage when he says you do not inherit the kingdom of God. It's those who are... Uh, their life is controlled by sin, not controlled by the Spirit. Well, wow. Right? You want to jump into Galatians 5? Yes. Because this is a crazy concept, too, that um, kind of hit me even harder in that moment. I'm going to go to Galatians five sixteen and 17 first, where it says the concept of you have a battle for your soul, like, but the Lord is the one fighting for you, the Spirit. So he says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. 17 for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh they are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want and it's just it i don't know man it's so amazing to me that the holy spirit is fighting for your soul to overcome your Adam mm-hmm. in, within yes. you that sinful nature within you and he talk about love he desires you so much that he's doing that battle for you, the work within you, the sanctification, it's that battle of defeating the flesh so that you could live life abundantly in the spirit. I mean, how what what kind of concept is that, you know, from mm-hmm. a loving God? It's amazing to me. And that hit me hard um actually during the service. Anybody wow. got any thoughts on that? Or you wow. mean to keep going?
1: I this is really the story of my life where I mean, it's something that I feel like it is a common theme in what I say, and it is. Um, walking by the Spirit, because um, Robin, how did you word it? Where you said we are primarily salt, like Spirit. Yeah, that is our that own, is our true identity. Our you true are identified identity. by our Spirit. And so, when you grab that piece of um, biblical knowledge and revelation, we have to walk by the Spirit. Why? First, because you saw it in the life of Jesus. Show us. But then, as you read the entire Bible, you start seeing, oh, these people walked by the Spirit, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, where they are following the Lord, you know? And uh, when you you just can't do the desires of the flesh, it it will lead you to devastating things, you know? Mm So um, I I love this. Did you have somewhere you want to go next? All I wanted
2: to say, because you you brought it up. So you hear this in church a lot, the phrase walk by the Spirit or in the Spirit. And we talked about this, but just to read these verses. so... You might ask, then what what does that even mean? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? And it's in Galatians 5.22, where the fruit of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, the outflow of the Spirit in your life looks like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If that is how you handle situations— Not, again not every time because we are going to have those outbursts of anger every now mm-hmm. and then but if those how is that how you approach uh, your spouse your kids your coworkers with love and joy and understanding wow. and kindness and and gentleness and then you have enough self-control to say no to those fleshly desires or self-control in other ways yeah. but that's walking in the yep. spirit that's the work of Christ within you
1: the other the other portion to that in which I'm like like it's one of the common themes in my life is when you walk in the spirit and all these all these fruits of the spirits are real in your life, and they're um, bearing fruit, you are more in tune to hear the voice of God in your life, that Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you say, hey, don't do that, or do this, or I need you to go talk to that person, or I need, you know, like whatever. There is like, an, you know, what people would call an unction, or just a sort of a direction, you know, where we've all been on platforms where we're, when we're speaking, and then out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit kind of takes over. It's like, I didn't realize I said that. Or... His wisdom is just being poured out. This happens to you a lot, Wrong where it's like, you carry so much wisdom, but there are moments where it's like, I don't know how to repeat that because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is just the one overflowing in us. And so this is a true possibility. It's not some sort of um, mystical thing or whatever that just comes out of the blue no the Holy Spirit is alive and when he's in us he takes over and takes lead yes. of our mouth of our thoughts he takes captive these things and so um, this is the, the the life of Jesus where he says you know when he talks about the Father like I only do what the Father wants me mm-hmm. to do like and what he wants me to say I do not do what he's not telling me to say you know like I don't know I've just butchered that you know passage but that's kind of the, the context here is man walking by faith in the Spirit Will allow us to have interruptions in our life to be um, the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, um, around the world, you know, and so.
2: Well, and and, then again, I just read this, but he said it in Galatians five sixteen and seventeen. The Spirit desires what the what is against the flesh; they are opposed to each other. This is that conviction; they're opposed to each other. So you understand the difference in right and wrong. And he even goes on to say. They're opposed so that you don't do what you want. That's that sinful nature. We all are drawn to that sinful wow. nature. So he, they are opposed so that we understand right and wrong, like like you're mentioning. Wow. So that that was those verse, fruit of the spirit is what it looks like to live in a spirit. So what is the opposite of that? Well, let's let's read real quick since I'm in there. Galatians five nineteen. Now the works of the flesh: sexual morality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, enviness, drunkenness, carousing, or anything similar. So you could see they are very opposed. They're also opposite of each other. So we ask the question, which one does your life line up with the most? Mm. That's a telltale sign too, is the Holy Spirit within you. Now again, I want to be careful because yes, we will still do the things of the flesh, but you at least have a conviction to know... I. I gotta stop. I need to, I need to work through this. I need yep. to work out my salvation and, and be more within the spirit than than in the flesh. Wow. And you can't do that if you don't have the spirit, because you don't know what love is without God. You can't experience true joy without God. You can't give peace and patience to people without God. So and you can see the see the process here. You can't do that because it's through the spirit that you're able to. Wow.
0: One, one of the things that always gets me in these, um, the acts of the flesh is when you read through it, Like sometimes you start and you go like, I have no sexual immorality in my life right now, and I don't have this, and I don't have idolatry, and I don't have witchcraft, but you start to get to things like wow. discord, yep. jealousy. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, mm. envy. And I have to say, that's a bit of a slap across the face oh, yeah. if yes. I go ahead and look at that. One of the things, we sort of started this conversation this way, but like, I think, especially for us, our our world and our culture right now has um, obviously so much to say to us. And I think when you think about maybe where the church was 100 years ago and where the church is now, um, you might think that there's a lot of things that we as Christians allow in our lives that Christians a hundred years ago wouldn't even thought about having in their lives. Something even as simple as like Netflix, like in the last 20 years, think about what was allowed to be on your television wow. and what, I mean, most of us have Netflix. Yeah. If there's one thing, most of us have. It's funny
1: you say that because like even the ratings were Netflix. Now, anything that just says MA, it's even hard to even tell what exactly. Even I, I mean, we you, watch you, things,
0: you, I'm seeing things on there and I go, well, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know about well, so that. So let me ask you: Where um, were you
2: going? Like, what? What is your point with that? My
0: point is yeah. that I think that as Christians, like, I think sometimes we think we're living and trying to walk in the Spirit, mm-hmm. but if we're seeing this much flesh activity in wow. our life wow. as wow. Christ follows, I mean, listen, I've been doing this since I'm seven years old. Yeah. I'm old now, <laughs> um, I, you know. Mm-hmm. And and when I look at the list, I feel that pain. Yeah. My question is: You know, are we? Sometimes do we have a foot in both places, and is that why we're so—I kind of said this earlier wow. from the book of James, it just kind of says if you're double-minded, you'll be tossed by the waves. Mm. And if we're feeling tossed by the waves, maybe we got to consider the places where we've got a foot in both. We know we belong to Christ. We know that mm. we're eternally secure. The Holy Spirit is working, but maybe some of the— um, Hardness in our life is coming because maybe we haven't taken two feet and put them both in wow. the same place. Yeah,
2: mm. Mm, mm, mm. I don't. Even, there's no need to follow that up. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty, that's that's great. You right know, man.
0: like what what does I kind of said this to you yesterday? Like, what would radical Christianity look like? Yeah. What if we truly sold out mm. and really tried to live our lives completely according to what the Word of God says?
2: So, going back to this, the, the words that keep coming to me through this series that we're doing is confession have you we've said confession yes. a lot yes. not planned mm-hmm. you know purity through sexual morality and then what does it look like if we do put both feet in for christ i mean mm-hmm. think about what think about this church and the people within this church what we would do for christ if even those three things we tried to perfect mm-hmm. Wow, lives would be changed wow. you know, this community well
0: we're already seeing i mean yeah we, we are, honestly sure. what's been going on in here like we are seeing we have more people than we know what to do with we've got new people there and What's so interesting is there's such an attraction to the truth because I think our hearts are made to long for it. Yeah. So even if it um, frustrates us or steps on our toes a little bit, like we are just drawn to the yeah. idea of truth.
2: Mm. Where That's fun. Man, again, going back to Galatians, we are. The the flesh is drawn to sin. The spirit is drawn to truth. So you could both be drawn to both things, mm-hmm. but, but truth will always a Outweigh the sin, it always draw you closer, so understand there is that battle, so you do have to actively pursue God to put both feet in in the spirit and not back and forth. you know so how do we do that yeah. then? Because we went through that um, to make to continue in this path of righteousness I, I briefly said three things I don't even think I said this I, was, I think you said this, but one was just acknowledging where the power comes from. Mm-hmm. you know you know that you can't defeat these things on your own because your flesh desire so much, and it's the Spirit that can overcome the flesh, you have to realize that the Holy Spirit gives you the power to defeat these things whether it's sin or even like a getting over a trauma or a burden in, the, in your past, forgiveness, mm-hmm. that's from the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, and greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's not like a 50-50 power struggle yes. here. This is already like <laughs> defeated, fire. victorious, mm. and done, right? Yes. So you just have to, but it goes back to what I said earlier. You only believe, you only have what you believe you have. So if you believe it's a 50-50 battle, you're fighting it like it's 50-50. Mm. So it's really believing what you just said yeah. there is that the power that raised Jesus from the grave is the power that's working within you to overcome your sin. Yeah. It's already
2: done. It's
0: done. We talked and about that, that too. I love the way Just you said that. It. Yes.
2: Uh, yep. The second thing, knowledge and then speak it. I love this. Now I put through worship, but even on in stage, I'm like, man, speak it in that moment. The
0: mm-hmm. power of Christ
2: is with me. Get away from me. Like that, that sin that you want to fall into speak the name of Jesus over that. Yep. That sounds almost a little foreign, a little like, Ooh, that's weird. No speak the name of Jesus out loud over the temptation in your mind that's
1: where the power comes from in Mm -hmm. our words
2: the enemy man he's gonna try to attack you all he can but if you speak the name of Jesus the enemy will flee his
1: presence will will always block yes these things Um, (laughs) it's like uh, I was watching another podcast and he was talking about how like anytime that old man nature creeps up he always puts worship music on and he's like it's amazing how worship music he wore word I'm not going to put on podcast because I'm like, I feel like he has a different type of podcast, but he was basically said, like, it bleep blocks, you know, sin. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. It's the biggest beat blocker, you know? So it puts a wall up. <laughs> it puts a wall up. So go. y'all get mm-hmm. it. Um, and I thought that was hilarious, but it's true. It's like, no, I'm not going to give any footholds. It's like, hey, I'm just going to put worship music. I'm going to start praying because you'll realize that um, human, uh, that human uh, feeling that comes up whenever you're feeling, you know, wanting to do something. He's like, nope, we're going to put music on you and you'll start praying. You'll see how those things kind of Dissolve yeah. away because there is well, power in the name of Jesus. Well, yes. and
0: that's the definition of repentance. Yep. He literally turned from the sin yep. and moved in the yep. direction of Jesus. Yep. Submit mm. to God and resist the enemy, and he'll flee from you. So yep. it really is that's that is a picture of repentance. Yep.
2: Great transition. That's number three. Exercise number that power. Yeah. Exercise that power. <laughs> Acknowledge it. Speak it. Then exercise it. Walk away. Put it down. Remove yourself from that situation. You know, I was in the, when I said remove yourself from that situation. I was thinking of like even like a teenager. Uh, maybe you're single and. You get into a situation where you are tempted to do to do things you know you shouldn't do. Just remove yourself from that. Yeah, it, you know, and and it's exercising is painful. It, I was going to say it might hurt. Because, and it might come with some. Um, yeah, hold that. It might come with. Yep. Uh, someone even told us, told Sally um for sun, Sunday night. Remember we were talking about mm-hmm. this, where she wanted in a little group that there was just gossip, teenage girl gossip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she noticed that this isn't right, but she didn't want to say anything about God because then she thought she'd be made fun of. And I completely understand that, so I'm not knocking her at all. But but it's almost that if you do exercise that power and remove yourself from the situation, let's be real, it might come with some of that, but it's worth it. it is. I mean, that's a form of prosecution, not to the extreme, but that is. And the Lord will bless you in your obedience, yep. even if in that moment it's hard to do because yep. you might get made fun of by your friends. The Lord will bless you overall yeah. with that.
1: All, all I was going to say, like, with your third point about exercising this, the, the, the powerful thing about exercising is that what happens when you exercise is you are breaking a muscle. You are ripping muscle so that it can be filled be in, rebuilt. Yeah. rebuilt with strength. And so that's why, like, uh, in this context of, like, uh, sin, perhaps it's somewhat painful sometimes because our flesh is so at, like, wanting that and it's, like, hard. But… You are instead of it adding like fleshly muscle strengthening that you're putting spiritual, you know, Mm -hmm. into that ripped muscle like, you know. I'm yeah. not trying to like. Well, no, and no, I, no, that's, and yeah. I just
0: got it. He's an exchanger of things. But like I've just le- recently been listening to this thing that talks about like your brain is geared to want that thing. Like that's why it sends mm-hmm. all those signals to want that thing. And one of the ways to break it is to replace it with a different reward. Right. Like so here's a for example. It's not like perhaps that my mind judges people sometimes like that never happens to me, but I know it happens to other people. But if it happens to you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> when my
0: mind thinks the negative thing, I. Asked the Holy Spirit to remind me, and then I have been trying to replace it with three gratitude things about mm, that person. Yeah, wow. So, like, it, my mind wants to have this negative thought, That's but amazing. I'm trying to replace it yes. with gratitude Positive, yeah. thoughts there. So, literally, that yeah. idea of allowing your even your brain to reward itself in a different way that wow. is holy and in line with what God does. Mm. So, God exchanges like, He takes our sin and He gives us His holiness. So, when you exchange that sin, Ask him to give you something. You can be replaced with something that God's holiness is there.
2: Someone told me wow. a couple of weeks ago, I don't know, I'll be honest, if it's biblically accurate, but it makes sense that the enemy can't get in your thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But when you speak a negative thought out, He gets in your words.
0: So he is not, this is, this Mm -hmm. is it. We need Vernon here for his attributes of God. He is not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not all those things. So he does not have an ability to know your thoughts, but he, and he doesn't have the ability to be in all places at all times, but he has this little army and he is their body language, Mm -hmm. excellent readers of those kinds of things. So like, I think I might've even said this to you. Sometimes when I teach at night, I wake up in the middle of the night and I've learned that they're literally spiritual battles. And so, I speak to it. I say.
2: And that was their point is if, if you speak negative, the enemy can use that. So watch, maybe you do then follow it up with something positive, mm -hmm. but thank God that we have, your words have,
0: yeah, your words have power and you also have authority to speak to the enemy in Christ. It's part of the authority that's been Mm -hmm. given to you is that you can speak the enemy away from you. But yes, words always have power and he doesn't, He's watching you, the enemy, but he doesn't know your thoughts. Yeah. But when you speak, words do have power for yes, sure. Yes, and he wow. can take
2: them and them. So speak positively in the spirit mm-hmm. if you happen to say, or if you happen to judge. I know you don't judge people, but, but other people. <laughs> just in case you do, Ryan. Yeah. Just, just in case. Ca- just in case, case that's yeah. a thing
0: that goes through yeah. your mind. Um, here's a way, you know, just sort of so, so taking wow. that negative thing and asking the Holy Spirit to help you to replace yes. it with that's something I that did. is bigger of the kingdom. That
2: seems so small, but man that's life changing mm-hmm. but uh so going i don't know if you want to keep going, but that brings us into the next thing because first John two, and this literally blew my mind in the moment second service, mm-hmm. and um I'll get there in a second, but it says first John two one through two, if anyone does sin, if anyone does judge, if anyone speaks negatively, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father, he is Jesus Christ, the only true only one who is truly righteous, he himself mm-hmm. is a sacrifice that attends for our sins, and not only ours, but the sins of the world. And I, it hit me, this is what was so crazy in second service, because mm-hmm. first service, um, I read that and it was powerful, but I was able to keep moving. But something in that moment hit me, and oh. I was telling them yeah. yesterday morning, I think God wanted me to rest in that. Mm-hmm. You know. And I said this, I think, to you guys too, is when we teach, obviously our mind is focused on teaching. We've been commissioned with a purpose to share the words that the Holy Spirit has given us. So we want to focus on that. But I say it so. A lot of times we say things so much when we're teaching that we don't have time to receive them because
1: mm-hmm. we're so focused
2: on the next thing we have to say. And literally, God just stopped me, and He's like, "No, you need to receive that too. Like that ain't. First off, you didn't come up with that cool little saying. That's from <laughs> me. <laughs> so I want you to receive this oh, and man. sit in this. And it, it sh- he shut my mouth, <laughs> and then I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, how to do this. It was actually I, a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's very sweet. Yeah, but I'll be honest that. That moment was for me. You know what I mean? From the Lord. Not mm-hmm. saying that you couldn't have, that was the Lord. And I say that because I didn't, it didn't happen first service.
1: And his power and happened? his grace is ministering to you in that moment. Yes. That's how real the word is. You, you probably read that passage a, a ton of times by the time you get to second service, but yet the Holy Spirit's like, oh, I'm about to wreck you. <laughs> <He did>. I <laughs> you
2: know. know. And it's amazing. I
1: love this. That's
2: what's so amazing. And then um, what even made it sweeter is a buddy of mine, Park. Mm-hmm. That while I just couldn't talk, I even put my hands on my head. I'm like, I don't even know. I can't even say words. And he said, "We love you, brother," because he's sitting right there. And I was telling them, it's like that was from the Lord too, because it felt to me just like my heavenly Father saying, "Yeah, you don't even know how much I love you." Yeah. And through mm-hmm. through someone in the crowd. So wow. Anyway, that was one of those moments for me. And then I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta keep going. Yeah. Alex well, is still on keys back there. He's oh like, my bro. <laughs> and
0: I mean, here's some truth for you. And I know, so you know, you're very humble guy, but like, Jesus is up there cheering for you. You get up there every Sunday. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're like me when I teach. You know a lot of stuff, but you're half scared out of your mind. You prayed for the words. He gives you the words and you're speaking them. But But does it not make sense that that with you stepping out in confidence, that all the more your heavenly Father would yeah. put His arms around and go, "You know what, Ryan, well, I am cheering for you yeah. today." And that's true for every one of us. And I think we got to get to that place where that doesn't feel foreign.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Je- Jesus is rooting you on in all the things I have that you do. I've never
2: thought it that
1: way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the that is the beautiful thing about that passage. And I know we chatted about it on sermon planning meeting, but like it was. The fact that he is our great intercessor, the fact Mm. that he is the only way, the only you know, like the truth, the life, the one that is praying for us is interceding for us. Like that should give us the most utmost confidence in our daily walk, like in putting trust in him. Like there's nothing we do that um, that sneaks away from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He is there the moment we think, the moment we do. He's like, Lord, forgive them. I mean, even Mm. at the cross. You know, his reaction was, forgive them. Wow. That's you know, good, the good first one, I wanted to save this for next Monday when we, because I guess I'm teaching, right, for next Monday's uh, yeah, by the way, you're teaching um, marriage thing that we're doing. But, like, that's one of the things is the first one to forgive wins. Mm-hmm. Think about that and let it soak in. The first one to forgive wins. Why? Look at Jesus. What did he say on the cross? <laughs> mm. And he was winning. Mm-hmm. And he won. Mm-hmm. You know? So, either way, let it just soak in. I just feel like that's just like a heavenly moment right there. Just let it yeah, be in your heart, you know? Well,
2: this Sunday turned out to be way better than I even anticipated, which always happens that way. Um, again, nothing to do with us. I mean, mm-hmm, it's just the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, man. It was, was clear evident in that room. In worship, too. Wow. and That was an amazing worship time together. And I love that Sally kind of took the lead in that part and just said, Everybody, by stop singing, just pray within your heart. You mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that was, a, that was a beautiful moment for our church, but he, Lord knew what he was doing. Um, and I think it impacted people for his glory.
0: I, I think all of this has just yeah. been, um, life changing mm-hmm. for people. Um, and he's really doing great work. And I think, I think. Maybe, maybe it's Sally who said it just, it's like every individual is going deeper. Maybe it was you, Alex. I listen all the time. I can't remember. I can't remember what I said. I do oh, yeah. not remember what yeah. you said, but <laughs> this idea that it's not just the leadership is going yeah. deeper. It's not just that we're teaching deeper. It's that individuals are going deeper in their own walk yep. with Christ and it just shows in everything that's yeah. going on.
2: Love it. Yeah.
0: Uh, any last minute? I know usually typically there's a Selah. Oh, I don't know if you have a Selah or just sort of wrap this baby up.
2: No, mine, mine would be kind of what I just mentioned. I, there's been a lot of times over the past year that I'm, I've am i said I've never experienced anything like that before, mm-hmm. you know? And I just, I really, I don't know, I was just in that in that moment of, you know, it's just as important for us as we teach to receive the words mm-hmm. that we're saying because they're not ours. They're from the Lord. And there's a reason why he gave them to us to speak. And a lot of that reason is for your own self. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, he, he got me good there and I loved every minute of it. And I, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for Park even in that moment because yep. I'm telling you, it was one of those... It ain't park. This is the father saying, "I love you,
1: man, and you're mm-hmm. doing great." And that that, that meant a lot. It's so. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess a couple thoughts. I'm trying to see how I tie this in. Um, but on Sunday morning, I gave a little devotional to our, you know, creative arts team with worship and tech and all that. And one of the questions came out of Matthew 16, where mm-hmm. Jesus is with his disciples and he asks. Um, who do you say that I am? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and then Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God, you know? Um, and we, there's a lot of context in the scripture and we can jump on it later, but my question for this Selah moment is, who do you say that Jesus is? You know, um, all these beautiful scriptures are so, so deep, so much filled with his grace, his power. Um, at the end of the day, whether you have... Two, you know, two feet on separate sides, or you want to go completely all in with Jesus, you need to ask the question: Who do you say that He is? You know, mm-hmm. and again, something that I feel like has been so Holy Spirit led in our series, but it, the way the series is like it hasn't—it's not ending yet—but the way it kind of feels like it's ending in the series is: Is He your King, mm-hmm. or is He something else in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the thing about Peter responding to Jesus in that moment, where He said, "You are." The Christ, well, Christ in the Greek means King. It means the Anointed One, which means I have no say. So I only do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just pose that question for for everybody. You know, as you get to meditate on this podcast and go on with the rest of your day and the rest of your week, and look forward to gathering with the saints again on Sunday. Like, who do you say Jesus is? You know, it's just something to think about for the rest of the week, I guess. Yeah.
0: And that's perfect. That kind of goes with mine is that, you know, a lot of people, most most of our country, most Mm -hmm. of our world has knowledge of who Jesus is. But what we have is faith in who Jesus Mm -hmm. is. And most of us don't need any more knowledge. If you just took the knowledge you already had, but what you really need to do is to believe God more. Stepping well, out in faith, that's walking in the spirit is literally just believing Faithful. God yeah. more. So will we, I, I feel very challenged over this sort of radical, will I believe God more? Will I stop I keeping a foot in two places and I, just I walk that. and believe God more? Yeah
1: yeah i don't want to extend it too much longer but that what you just said really truly reflects ryan and i's life about we had tons of knowledge we just need to believe more yeah. like <laughs> 100%. period 100% <laughs> And yeah. it went,
2: uh, taking it a step further i will say my life that part of my mm-hmm. life changed dramatically when i got here mm-hmm. just people man the people around us i support a lot and just helping me understand the spirit concept robbing you too so anyway God works through people too. this ways. Yeah. Robin, you did a fantastic yeah.
0: job. It was so fun to be here because you know talking is my love language. <laughs> and it's really nice when people listen and talk with me. So this yeah. was amazing, really fun. Looking forward to uh, where this series is headed, and where we'll be on Sunday, and yeah. um, and we'll see what God does. So thanks so much for joining us today. And here's our challenge: Will you believe God more? Ooh. Have a great day.
2: Bye. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you'd like to learn more about New River Church, visit our website at newriver.church. You can join us for Sunday services in person and online, Sundays at 9.15 and 11.15 a.m. And check back here each
2: week for new episodes of the Overflow podcast. We love you,
0: New River. We'll talk to you next week.